0: Hey all, Paul from Drums and Rums, where the back beats meets the spirits, episode number 23. On this podcast, my guest is a meteorologist. You may ask, how does meteorologist or weatherman fit into a Drums and Rums podcast? Well, let me introduce you to Mr. Tim Drum. Tim and I are good friends outside of the podcast and we work together in our other, other world, I guess you'll call it, but thought it would be great to have Tim on. Him and I talk a lot of times about music and also he'll share with us his thoughts on this year's hurricane season, shares a little bit of Meteorology knowledge for those of you who may be interested, as well as he uh, inquires to me about certain drummers and musicians and so forth. So I think it was a great chat. Hopefully, you enjoy this podcast and learn a little bit about something other than drums and rums. And while we actually were sharing some rum during our show. So here we go, Mr. Tim Drum. Hey all, it's Paul from Drums and Rums, where the backbeats meets the spirits. Today on our show, we have a great friend of mine, a uh, somebody who's a little different in the sense of maybe drummers or rummers, but we do have some rum today. And how do we fit, how do we fit in a meteorologist into this podcast? Well, I'll tell you how. My guest is Mister Tim drum and no i'm not joking that is his last name so mr tim drum so hello tim hello tim okay so yes no that you're supposed to say hello to oh, me hi, yes. Paul. there you go hi paul hi no i'm not high so not yet not yet not yet so, <laughs> so um how you doing tim
1: i'm fine and i really just wanted to start out by thanking you i really do appreciate you naming the podcast after me
0: uh, anything right so you right so now i just got to find a guest whose last name is rum Hey, that would be cool. So that's next. So if anybody's out there, hashtag my last name is Rum. So we'll get that person on and find out whatever their uh their their story is.
1: I guess I'm the backbeat today, right?
0: That is correct. Right. So at least at least we don't have any spirits. Well, we do have spirits, but not like the uh Ghostbusters spirits. You know, that was Halloween a couple months ago. So So Tim, um, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh just go ahead and a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your backstory here and who you are, where you came from, and, and then that'll be the rest of the show then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it will not take that long. I promise. Now, I grew up in North Carolina and went to North Carolina State University. As I found with a lot of meteorologists out there, most of us knew what we wanted to do early on in life. And uh, I started in the sixth grade. I knew what I wanted to do. We had a little weather station there that I kept the daily records, the high temperature, low temperature, amount of rainfall every day. And by the time I got to junior high, I was putting forecasts on the bulletin board. And I enjoyed math and physics and all those neat things that uh, a lot of people hate, like thermodynamics. And so I uh, I went to North Carolina State, majored in meteorology, started out working for a power company after I graduated there, started doing some television on the side at the time, and... Then decided I wanted to get into television full-time with a little push from the utility company that I used to work at, and worked in television uh, there in Raleigh, North Carolina for a while, and then became the chief meteorologist at a television station in Missouri, and then actually worked for Weatherbug for a while, Okay, and then came here to Florida to work. uh,
0: Okay. So that's a, by ways of many travels there from North Carolina and... Through just through Missouri, a li- just a little over the Mississippi, yeah. right? Not no, you haven't really gone too far west. Though, I haven't lived that, right? that far west. R- okay, Missouri's
1: right. the furthest west, farthest west. So, that
0: so since you, you you worked at a wh- our TV station and and as a, a meteorologist. So, how would you rate this professional setup here in this uh, podcast studio? So compare. (laughs) All right, don't answer that because we know what you're going to (laughs) say. No, you've you've
1: got a nice setup here. You know, I can't say much for the decor, but but the uh, the setup's pretty nice.
0: But the the rock wall is killer.
1: Yeah, it is. That's the best part. (laughs) Yes. So
0: and so I I was uh, figuring it was uh, that somewhere maybe there's a story because you and I. outside of the podcast here, you know, talk pretty frequent and, you know, and uh, are involved in other, uh, you know, professional uh, job functions, I guess, and uh, that, you know, we do share a few uh, things about music. So I think and uh, we're definitely going to talk about that because I know uh, you obviously are very, uh, very versed in music knowledge and background. I don't know. You throw me some. Well, very old music. Old music. Okay. So. Not ancient, but old. Not, not.
1: <laughs> and I have to clarify this. I have ab. I enjoy music. I enjoy to try to sing. <laughs> I'm not going to quit my day job or my night job, <laughs> but I will readily tell you this: I have absolutely no rhythm. Mm.
0: So, I guess that answers that question <laughs> about ever trying to play an instrument. Then, correct.
1: It's it's I. I've tried. You know, I I, I can't even, like I said, I I may have a somewhat decent voice, but I can't ever figure out when I'm supposed to start singing.
0: (laughs) So you're you're not very good on the count then. (laughs) No. Three, two, one.
1: In, In fact, I remember when I was in television in Missouri, as part of a promo, I had to do Twas the Night, recite Twas the Night Before Christmas with the symphony. And we rehearsed, and we rehearsed, and we rehearsed, and I never could figure out when I was supposed to begin speaking each part. So the conductor finally had to point to me each time, "Your turn."
0: And now, yes. So you have, okay, I guess you said you've got no rhythm then. Correct. If you can. So so let's ask the, the 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 straight up question then. So how do how do you clap? Are you clapping on the one or the three or the two and the four? I don't have the clap. Okay, so all right then. Uh we'll take that as a, uh answer option C. <laughs> so Yeah. So the um so that was a very at a very early age you said that you started this 6th grade. 6th grade passion you call it a passion I guess, right? Sure. Yep. Um the interest in weather in general and uh tracking the the forecast, the temperatures and so forth. And um where, where, you know, what, what kind of, you know, as you mentioned, the math and physics and the science behind that, and uh, is that just something very early on that you kind of felt was just very easy to you, you know, in school, or is it just something that you kind of really worked towards because you wanted I, to be
1: this? I had an aptitude for math and science and physics, and yeah, even I, you know, I remember in high school, uh, we, I, I went to a fairly small high school. I grew up in I said North Carolina, but it's a small little town called Newton. Yeah. Not far from Charlotte, near Hickory. And so we we had a science teacher, he taught chemistry, he taught physics. And I got to know him fairly well, and I would bug him all the time and I would even stay after school sometimes. And he gave me mercury and I took it home and built my own barometer. Wow. Okay, so uh, when it came time... To... That's
0: definitely Tim today. <laughs> that would never happen in school. Oh, here, just take some home some mercury, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that wouldn't happen <laughs> yeah. today, believe me.
1: And handling it and everything, no, right. that that right. would not be... Anyway, um, when it came time for senior awards, it totally floored me. He gave me the Bosch and Lom Science Award for the graduating class. So that, that just right. floored me.
0: Yeah, and... To... To, again, have that interest and to still continually tinker and learn and be curious at that age to build your own therm- thermometer. Barometer. Bur- I'm sorry, barometer. Barometer. The other. There was a lot of pressure. Yes, I, I'm i sure it was. <laughs> so, yes, folks. So, that's the one thing I love about Tim here is he's definitely got a lot of one-liners and. Uh, Punster. Punsters and dad jokes and many of those things as well, too. So, yes, so we, we actually don't have i mean I'm the host and i know i I do play drums, but I don't have you know the guy behind me playing the uh little brump bunch for for Mr drum here, so you
1: should have that sound effect
0: i i should you know maybe maybe twenty twenty one uh we'll we'll add expand our show here that if I can afford to pay people to do other things <laughs> <laughs> for, right now it's very low budget uh uh behind the scenes here so the um so is that when you went to North Carolina state, is that, was that your first choice? Is it just something that, you know, why'd you stay local or did it, you know, again, I'm not very familiar with you know the, the school per se, but do they have like a very established or meteorology, you know, easy for you to say, yes, they, they do now.
1: They didn't at the time. It was just starting up at the time. I, I won't give the year, but let's say it was a number of years ago and they were just starting the school up. But yeah, I, I did want to stay in, uh, uh, fairly local okay I, I had looked at florida state i had thought about penn state i had even dreamed about mit but wow. couldn't dream of really getting <laughs> into that school but in north carolina state just just seemed to be a good fit at the time right. and so they do have a well-recognized school right now
0: okay so that's it do you ever get a chance to go back and you know be in uh Here's a, an alma mater and you know, alumni and all that, or? it's been a while, yeah,
1: I haven't been back to Raleigh in about ten years, but oh. i I used to go once or twice a year up until that time,
0: okay, but since
1: I moved to Florida, I haven't made it made it back.
0: you've been a little busy since you moved to Florida, <laughs> yeah, that's true, <laughs> yeah, so did you, you didn't bring all these storms? no, it was before, <laughs> yeah, yeah you we'll further yeah, we get further back than uh you come back so so yeah, the and then kind of as you said, you came out of school. You know, got a job in meteorology at a power company you mentioned, and then... True, it was,
1: yes. At the time, it was Carolina Power and Light, Okay, based in Raleigh.
0: Okay, so that was probably very convenient, right? Not having to, you know, at least you know, travel too far out of the... Uh, yeah, you know, from that, your base. shop.
1: Now, I imagine everyone's asking, why does a power company need a meteorologist?
0: Excellent question. <laughs> See, folks, he comes with his own questions, lead-ins, <laughs> and so forth. So, Tim, yes, why does every comp- every power company need a meteorologist?
1: Well, I don't know that everyone does, but but most of the larger ones actually employ meteorologists. And at the time, when I went to work for Carolina Power and Light, it was primarily aimed at nuclear emergency preparedness. We had nuclear power plants, and we had to operate meteorological towers, instrumented towers, so that we could determine wind direction, wind speed. Atmospheric stability. In other words, if there were an accident, what direction would it go? How well would it be dispersed? What the concentrations mm-hmm. would be? And who might need to be evacuated where? But there are many other areas within a utility company that, that, that utilize that information. The amount of electricity that's used every day mm-hmm. is very dependent upon the weather, especially the temperature. So temperature forecasting, to make sure you bring the right generation online to meet the expected demand. And then there's the severe weather aspect, severe thunderstorms. In the case of, uh, in the Carolinas, icing and snow uh, of, of puts people without electricity. If you're prepared for it, you can get it back on much quicker. So hydro, they have hydro plants in the mountains of North Carolina. So rainfall, how much generation can you get from uh, your hydro plants? So mm-hmm. rainfall forecasting. Even, even. We trucked coal at the time. Again, I said this was a long time, not trucked, but rail, uh, railroad coal from the coal mines in West Virginia to, to North Carolina. They wanted to know the weather, especially during the winter along those rail lines, because if the coal came in frozen, they had to take extra precautions to, or extra effort to dump, try to get the coal out of the rail cars. Hmm. So, you know, if the coal, we had to do temperature forecasting along the coal routes.
0: So, frozen coal?
1: Frozen coal Hmm. is not easy to get out of the rail cars, apparently, the coal cars.
0: So, is it just like freeze, like ice cubes freezing? Yeah. You know, know, it's pretty close. Wow. Okay. Did not. So, that's so again, weather's all around us. And is that about that time you said you got hired into, uh, Carolina Power around the nuclear program. Yeah,
1: originally it was with nuclear emergency preparedness, and that's
0: so at the. And I would guess, if maybe again, not trying to date you or anything, but it was the nuclear power plant started to become more uh, abundant. I guess or well, starting to come up. Carolina
1: Power and Light had three units at the time, and at the time actually we were building four more, but as it turned out. Because of cost overruns and everything, it only wound up being one more unit. Oh,
0: okay. So obviously, and that's right. That's a m- major important thing uh, that most folks probably wouldn't think of because God forbid, and they shouldn't have to worry about those things. Is yeah. if there is some type of uh, contamination that right meteorology the weather plays a huge huge yeah. point in what 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 could yeah. happen. And right? that,
1: believe it or not, one of the other things at the time, and you you tickled my brain about this, unlike the uh, nasal swabs from COVID, that's a different kind of brain tickling. <laughs> but but you tickled my brain about one of the major things we did at the time is that nuclear power plants were becoming more widespread. So we were out investigating potential new sites for nuclear power plants as well. If we thought there was a site that we may be interested in, we'd go in and put up a tower with all the instrumentation on it, anemometers, uh,
0: wind vanes
1: all sorts of different instruments to see if the site was suitable from a meteorological standpoint as well.
0: Hmm. That's it. So, so pre, pre, pre-establishing locations where it might be good to set one up. Yeah, I mean, other, other than other factors that go into the sighting of a, 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 you know, nuclear power. Oh, there are many. Yes. Them. Right. right. But yeah, obviously pre, proximity to water, et cetera. But it, so that's, that's pretty, pretty interesting. So what was the, um some, what was, I guess, most challenging things about something like that in that area during that time working at carolina power
1: well three mile island.
0: well yeah right yeah so so how so how many years were you already i just
1: gave it away paul you you teased it out of me about how old i am
0: all right there you go see sneaky sneaky So those, sorry, it depends on how, how the age of age of the, the folks that listen on the podcast here, you know, so. Well, I, I could say yeah. this is the age of Aquarius. Yeah, So he's and going to get more, so he's more, really, more information. He's huh? really tripping now. <laughs> so, so, right. Yeah. Three mile Island, obviously what everyone's and probably still worries about today. Sure. Or even, <laughs> or even. Although well. the nuclear industry safety, you know, has turned out to be excellent, but. Right. <laughs> right. So that's a, yeah. So uh, for those that. Those that don't know or refer what the reference is to Three Mile Island, obviously, you're pretty, pretty, um, probably, I'm going to assume, probably talk about it in the science classes somewhere along the road, but it was a uh, meltdown at a plant. Not a meltdown?
1: Not a meltdown, but a potential. It was a serious, it was the most, probably the most serious nuclear incident in the U.S.
0: Okay. So good. Thank you for the correction there. So it was was a major close call to uh some issues now it wasn't maybe a chernobyl kind of thing you know chernobyl was the worst you know and so forth but yeah i don't recall i lived up the northeast during that time so i was
1: but do you remember where three mile island is
0: it is uh, in the hudson river pennsylvania pennsylvania okay so what yeah i don't know where i was thinking i was thinking of another place though but that's right okay so it was up in the delaware part of the delaware water systems i guess up
1: in pennsylvania yeah yeah, the Eastern, East, Pennsylvania. Eastern, right? Yeah. Okay,
0: so yeah, so yeah, so we, right? I live in New Jersey. I was born in New Jersey, so I won't hold that against you. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. So, you know, Mister, uh, you know, North Carolina, there. So, um, which exit? <laughs> you know, <it's> been, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that I, <laughs> I, I, I've been now living in Florida much longer than I actually lived in New Jersey. So, all right. So yeah. So now there you go. We'll we'll fix that in that. We'll fix that in the edit. We'll actually I'll pl- punch that answer in there right there. <laughs> so so um. So how, what, what actually led you to, uh, Florida, you know, besides, you know, the sunny, sunny, you know, weather, the great, you know, job, also? job, that was it, job. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Go where the money is. That's it. Just like most, you know, most, most of the musicians are right. You know, <laughs> no, but again, I'm sure. Right. There's, there's a, there's a big thing about, you know, in, uh, the, yeah the passion and jobs and so forth. And, um, and obviously that's how I met, you know, met you, you know, through that, that journey. So, so that was, I think, uh, roughly 20, you moved to Florida roughly to early 2010s time frame
1: I began working at this current job in 2010.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so here in Florida, so since that time frame we've had a very interesting, you know, for, for those that, uh, don't recall or know. Uh, here in Florida, our storm history for the state, most for the most part, there's different phases, I guess, in the way we people kind of group the tropical disturbance events. And for at least for my time, because when I moved into Florida back in the early '90s, Andrew was like a new po- uh, point line in the sand or whatever you want to call. It. Of course, there was many storms prior to that. I think the nineteen twenty five nineteen twenty eight one and that hit the West Palm sure. Beach area. and so but but again, everybody kind of references back to andrew ninety two
1: you and know it if, just hit me the, now that you're talking about all of this information that uh it would be nice if we if we at maybe some point in the future if anybody actually ever listens to this,
0: I hope wait, wait do. what do you mean <laughs> if anybody actually well you listen to it so well,
1: that's true <laughs> but i mean uh, it might be nice to have calling questions.
0: Yes, okay. That's that's very true. So, so maybe next time. So, how about this? We will book you because I know like you not like you got anything going on at this time of the year. That's true. But we'll book you just before you know, the end of May. Maybe we can kind of come back on or what? maybe we'll maybe sometime May June. How about that? And we could talk about what June one is?
1: We'll see. That's a busy time because in my job, I got to tell you, in my job, there's so much prep for the hurricane season that I'm glad when June first gets here so that I can relax.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so mo- most most folks would think that during you know, so for those that you that don't know, hurricane season runs from June first to November thirtieth. And, uh, so just recently we just came out of, uh, I'm doing air quotes here. For, if you can see me, we just came out of hurricane season about 14, 13, however many days ago it was. And, um, so if you followed over there on, on our Instagram there, we, I posted a celebration there for end of hurricane season and we made some hurricanes. Now what Tim always cautions me is hurricane season is just dates on a calendar. Which doesn't mean anything. Mother Nature doesn't care. You know. honey badger don't care, right? So just because it's June one doesn't necessarily mean that there could be a name storm or, or hurricane or tropical storm or whatnot before June one. So and it's actually happened.
1: There's been tropical systems in the Atlantic in just about every month.
0: Right. So so I think as Tim's is uh you know has mentioned that we've had a very and maybe we could talk a little bit about what this sure. year is, Tim, is in, as they've called it a record-setting year. And, again, every year that they come out with a forecast early in the year from Colorado State University and, and all other sources about what kind of season we're going to have. Again, let throw 2020 on top of it, which means like, okay, well, if anything's going to happen crazy, of course, this year would be it's acceptable to kind of believe anything.
1: Yeah, that, that that's true. And in, in past active seasons – It's when it's more likely to see out-of-season tropical systems. So I'll I'll try to carry on, Paul, while you get some ice and pour yourself another drink. Thank you. You're welcome. And so even the modeling is indicating that for at least a little while longer, conditions may be marginally favorable for, for some development. Now, I'm not expecting a hurricane, certainly not a major hurricane. But as we get into this time of year, if we do see any tropical development, it's usually along some stalled frontal system that's close by. Nothing indicating that at the moment, but the waters are still abnormally warm. Other conditions are kind of favorable. So that's something I'm still keeping an eye on, even though we're officially out of hurricane season.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. So... As you mentioned there, Tim, at this time of the year in the fall, the winter, well, we're not technically, we're well, not technically, but. Not quite winter yet. We're not But quite now quite...
1: meteorological winter we're in, we do that by month instead of astronomically. Okay. We do it uh, December, January, February are meteorological months of winter.
0: Okay. So as of right now, it is so brutal here in Florida, this winter that we're in in December. It's, it's been so, a tough one so far, it? has been so a tough it? one, yes. Yeah, so yeah. at least we're getting thrown a bone for a little bit after all the other stuff we've been through. But the, uh, but I think that's that's a that's kind of an interesting thing there, is, Tim, as you talked about, the this time of the year, later in the season. So, why, if quote unquote June one is the start of hurricane season, why do we see a lot more activity towards the middle or three quarters way through the season?
1: Well, conditions generally become more favorable. The the water temperatures continue to warm. And by the way, hurricanes, tropical cyclones, derive their energy source from evaporating water off the sea surface. And the warmer those sea surface temperatures are, the more efficient and effective that evaporation process is, which provides more energy. And so, you know, the sun is highest overhead about June 21st, 22nd, somewhere in there. But there's a lag in the ocean sea surface temperature maximizations those typically occur in September. Hmm. And so that's where our busiest months usually are in September. That's where the peak of the hurricane season in the whole Atlantic basin about September 10th.
0: So here, so here it's the chance is, is do you see any trend over the last, I don't know what, again, I know we're talking numbers and statistics and so forth, but, any trend particularly over a certain time period that we see more again forecasting the weather patterns is one thing but then forecasting any type of landfall or impact from a storm is a totally different animal but do you see more storms or is it about is it just really no difference between coming off africa versus things here in closer in the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean?
1: I don't know that there's a trend, but this year it was more active in the, in the Gulf of Mexico and, and even the Caribbean, I believe I'm not one that keeps track of all these records, you know, but I believe it was, it may have been a record number of storms in the Gulf of Mexico this year. Okay. Don't, don't hold me to that, but I really thought that that we would see many more storms develop during the height of the hurricane season, called Cape Verde type or Verde type storms, of the waves moving off Africa and long track storms all the way across the Atlantic. That wasn't uh, really the case year, this year. We we saw a lot develop in the Gulf of Mexico and and, and the Caribbean and and fairly close in. So that's not a trend but but that's what happened this year and right. if you ask me why right now i don't really have an answer
0: <laughs> so don't ask okay i won't <laughs> ask or i can ask and we can just fill it in later <laughs> so is that so again later in this year when we have still a lot of moisture in the caribbean area part of part of gulf mexico caribbean where these cold fronts come down it really ends up disturbing the weather enough to create, you know, these late year late season Well, the,
1: the, yeah, what what can happen is that when the cold fronts tend to stall, then then it can produce the impetus to to generate some upward motion in the atmosphere and then if other conditions are are favorable, then you it can acquire some tropical characteristics. I don't know if you really want me to get into the difference between or what constitutes tropical characteristics versus non-tropical or bear clinic type low pressure systems.
0: All right. Do you? uh, No, I'll I'll take your word for it. Okay. So, but yeah, so, so he's throwing, throwing some new terms on me here that I haven't heard about uh, bear claws or bear, (laughs) bear clinic or. Or something to that effect. He's always throwing a new one on me. But yeah, I'm going to a quiz
1: you now. QLCS. What's a QLCS? QLCS. I, th- I thought we had gone over this. If we haven't, quantitative. That's fine. You. quantitative s- that No. Quasi-linear convective system.
0: All right. No, I haven't heard about all that. Right. Okay. We won't go. QV, into that QVC. Yes. QVC. No. That's. A- no. That's something else. Yeah. Okay. So something about convective coupling wa- Kelvin wave, Kelvin waves. So ah uh, yes, yeah. So yeah, okay. yeah. There you go.
1: Convectively coupled Kelvin wave. And a
0: motor-kai <laughs> and a moda motor- Moda. Oh, you did yeah.
1: catch some of these things. Those yeah. are different types of El
0: Ninos. So, so there you go. So 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 are we currently going into? So where where are we going into as of right now? And are we going into an El La Nina or El Nino or?
1: We're in a pretty decent La Nina right now. That will likely last through winter and then probably trend back more towards
0: neutral. So what exactly is La Nina for those that? Well, that's cooler
1: waters in in the uh, tropical Pacific along the equator. El Mm -hmm. Nino is warmer than average waters. And they do affect global circulation patterns, and they do affect hurricane activity as well, as long as uh, several other factors. Typically, when you have a La Nina, that reduces Atlantic Basin wind shear. In other words, the change of wind with, as you go up in the atmosphere, and when you reduce that, it allows the thunderstorms and, and tropical cyclones to actually intensify. Whereas if you have wind shear, it tends to rip them apart.
0: Mm. So wind shear good for those that wind shear good for no hurricanes. Yes, wind shear good for no hurricanes, right. That's okay. So again, if we're those of us El Nino
1: good for fewer
0: hurricanes. El Nino for La
1: Niña bad for more hurricanes okay or so, good for more hurricanes
0: yeah so we'll we'll we we'll, uh i'll let you straighten this out yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a follow-up uh explanation of la niña el nino and and all the stuff, i think we probably
1: need video for this yeah so
0: <laughs> so wish wish we had a place that had a green screen but anyway <laughs> um so yeah so that's a you know for those that don't think much about how everything is impacted, and again the whole world and the whole globe and as you mentioned tim you know waters in the the pacific or it's all interrelated right or or certain patterns in the indian ocean oh yes there's the
1: indian ocean dipole so there's the atlantic multidecadal oscillation
0: there everyone has a lot of vocab words they're going to have to you know follow up after amo
1: as we are in a positive phase of that atlantic multidecadal oscillation and have been since 1995 and you look at if you look at uh, trends in tropical cyclone development, there was a, a noticeable increase in that in the Atlantic when we went to the positive phase of the AMO, and there's pretty pretty strong correlation between the AMO phase and and tropical cycl or or I should say ACE, which is accumulated cyclone energy.
0: And where does the MJO fit in?
1: You tell me what it is, and I'll answer your question. All right, here what for, does
0: MJO stand for? Here, here we're talking about barometers again, and the press—the <laughs> yeah. pressure's on me to to answer Tim's question. You can't question the host. <laughs> So, just so just so you know, the Madden-Julian Oscillation. Oh, booyah! That's right. I'm a me- I'm a closet. Thank you, sir. I'm a closet meteorologist. So, or an MIT a meteorologist.
1: Meteor- <laughs> that's correct.
0: <laughs> many years. <laughs>
1: mjo is uh, as you said the madden julian oscillation and it, it, it is uh kind of like a wave that varies in in strength and magnitude as it propagates uh around the globe and it has favorable phases which tend to modulate hurricane activity in the basin uh okay. in in the atlantic basin for instance uh Phase eight, one, two, and three are favorable and the other phases are not too favorable for hurricane development because it it modulates upward vertical motion in the atmosphere.
0: Hmm. So 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 all of this stuff that most, most of y'all probably don't need to worry about. <laughs> just listen to your uh local, you know, media, you know, weather experts. Um, or just call Tim directly and we'll give you his number out after the show. Um, BR five, four, nine. Yeah. eight, six, seven, five, three, Oh nine. I think what you meant. So, so, so I guess that's, as you mentioned, Tim is the importance of when you were hired, uh, by the power company when you came out of college was monitoring wind directions and things for siting plants and, and, or just in general utility, uh, things to keep an eye on. Yes. But especially for the, since we're talking about the tropics and weather, I'm sure, you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of rum is made and, and, and grown and things like that. in the Caribbean is. Rum's grown? Well, okay. Yes. It's grown from a tree. It's like, you, know, you just pull rum it right tree. off. Yeah. It's a rum tree. That's okay. it. We're inventing something new. Yeah. But uh, the harvesting of, you know, c- you know, sugar cane or, or you know, the products that go into rum making. Um, And I, so I don't know. I mean, I haven't done much research on that, but, uh, you know, but I'm sure obviously it's like harvesting anything else. Just like you know whatever whatever other product is how important the weather is or forecasting or certain things experience. i'm sure
1: I, I you know I don't have any direct experience of that but i'm I'm sure it is you're right um there there's the hardest people in the world from my experience to please in terms of a weather forecast are farmers
0: <laughs> yeah and that, <laughs> that you, 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 with all the all the statistics and science today is how much now goes into farming science oh and that's yeah. that's true yeah yeah because but, of the weather but right. it's
1: either too wet or too dry for them they they right. you know they, they either don't have enough water or the plants are wilting or there's too much water and they can't get in their fields to harvest or right and the, the, the it's 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 amazing uh, how precise everything has to be to get a good crop
0: so i'm 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 Want to touch upon? And we 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 can kind of skip this, and we can we'll make note of it, edit it out at thirty three minutes here, if we choose <laughs> and want to go farther into it, Tim. But um, so this whole thing about global warming, ah, I knew you were <laughs> headed there, or uh, you know, or climate change, right, or whatever you know, the newer, right? Again, everything is expanding and changing, and it's like changes, right? So, I mean. As you mentioned, I'm expanding. I know that. <laughs> so as everyone's, you know, as you talked about the sea surface temperature changes, and then you know it's kind of a little bit there. Uh, I mean, what what what's I guess what's the the take? What's your takeaway or your, your kind of view on that?
1: Edit. Okay, no, we'll, we'll no, change that. No, I, <laughs> all right. In terms of tropical cyclone activity, or yeah, or yeah, just tropical. whether it's even happening, or. Well, I, we we we're whatever. we're seeing climate change. I, I don't think there's much doubt about that. But I also think there's not much doubt that we've always seen climate change. I have doubts whether it's truly driven primarily, at least, by what's called anthropogenic climate change or man-made climate change. I, I I think it's more natural variability, and it's very difficult to go one to try to prove one thing or the other. Now, in terms of tropical cyclone activity, I've looked at a lot of studies and and what I term reliable studies and information, and there is or there does not appear to be any long term trend in terms of tropical cyclone intensity or tropical cyclone frequency related to global climate change.
0: So so again it's not like we're in this big trend here for 20 something plus storms we've had and it's only going to get worse or or whatever but No,
1: in, in other words I said the AMO phase is the primary modulator and driver for for longer term frequency trends. And we began that in 95 it has a period of maybe 25 35 years so i would think that maybe in 5 years or so we will we'll begin to go back into the negative phase of that and we'll see atlantic basin tropical cyclone activity drop back
0: hmm. that'll make your job easier
1: i'll probably retire before then
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now so it's uh in and as 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 with weather- the weather systems there in in the tropics, you know, comparing for for those that you that don't live here in either the southeast of the US or in the Caribbean or, or anywhere in this area that we're all monitoring and watching the weather. And
1: Yes, many people are monitoring and watching the weather. Where I work, I probably have two to three thousand meteorologists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the <laughs> The. No, I forgot what I was going to say. No, thanks. <laughs> anyway, all right. It's a little segue out of there. But I was just kind of just talk about the interesting part about the tropics and and so forth is how, how important and, oh, some of, like I said, some of those, how, why it's important, all of this. And sometimes it's very difficult when we have some of these systems that do kind of quickly line up to cause some issues and, where it's not like the you know as they call it the African wave train of hurricanes that come off of the coast of Africa, and you've got at least a week before you're going to see something in the Gulf all the way up to the east coast of uh, the U.S. Whereas here in the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico, where the right ingredients are there, and that's that makes you know for I'm sure a very difficult job. Yeah,
1: it's a much shorter fuse, right? Uh, you're you're right. It's that close end development that. uh That, that causes a lot of consternation. You know, there, there are several things that, uh, keep me awake at night. One is unexpected close end development altogether. And another is, uh, we see the storm, but rapid intensification just before landfall. Those, those two things are always in the, in my mind. Right.
0: And that's, and that's, so which, which one, those two things, are they equal or is there one no I think
1: the rapid intensification is more is more it's this year right it was more difficult to predict and again don't ask me why I don't really know why but but that is the, the that is the
0: one that that can be the most impactful right and and that's just in in just the sheer fact that this year the whole South everybody got a, a little taste of the hurricane season this year Maybe except for the Carolina. Well, we we, we did have
1: a record 12 named storms make landfall in the U.S.
0: this year. Right. And again, nobody, again, that's the hardest thing. You can't really predict landfall. Landfall is
1: difficult. There are several companies I deal with that are attempting to try to make landfall predictions, uh, you know, seasonal landfall Mm -hmm. predictions in the April, May timeframe. Which, uh, and they've, some have had decent success, but it's still not an easy. Right thing to do the the national weather service NOAA, hurricane center they they don't even try that right
0: and especially as our our last storm here name storm well no i'm sorry wasn't our last name storm uh of the season but the last one here for florida was etta and how that went you know was a two landfalls in florida two right and mm-hmm. and in, in the keys and then up in the just north of the, area. the right, the north of Tampa area, and where is the right? That that was and 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 again, even back to even in twenty nineteen, uh, Tim with with Hurricane Dorian, massive storm, and all of a sudden, you know, just the right things, the the cur- steering currents, or, or well, the
1: stall was forecast. It really was, but anytime you get a hurricane not moving. Especially a major hurricane like Dorian, it always raises the possibility uh, of of um, some erratic movement. Uh, it, it increases the the uncertainty. Hmm. So that's 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 a big big problem,
0: right? So that's why it was it was there, but we just didn't know exactly when it would start moving again. Yeah, right. And lucky for us, or exactly where. Right. Right. I mean, it's unfortunate for the folks in the Bahamas and, and so forth, but it was definitely lucky for us here in Florida that we really dodged one there. So, so, all right. Well, we didn't dodge one. It dodged us. That Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Florida didn't move out of the way. You know, you. it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, when, when you hit a deer, it's like, well, yeah, or a tree, you know, the tree jumped out in front of me. So, so yeah, the hurricane jumped out in front of me. So, um, Hopefully the sound quality is uh, is good. So that's the part yeah. that I... and I
1: promise to take my mic off before I go use the restroom.
0: Okay, yeah, I'd appreciate that. And as long as you don't do like a, a Leslie Nielsen and Naked Gun, <laughs> you know, going <laughs> to the bathroom with the hot mic.
1: One of my favorite movies. Yeah. You want to get into that area? Favorite
0: favorite movies? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I mean, we'll definitely touch upon... Uh, yeah, it's a fair mm-hmm. game here. There's no script. There's no... Tim get, did not get any pre-show uh, prep questions and... Uh, we in fact, I
1: refused to do any pre-show. Yeah, that crap. was that
0: was in his contract uh, that his that our peoples never got actually. Uh, there was a breakdown somewhere some, between
1: my people and your people. Yes, I don't know where right, it happened, yeah.
0: but oh wait, wait, it, maybe it's because we don't have people. It Could be maybe that's the problem. So yeah, your fa- your favorite movie there? Yeah, so
1: I don't know whether I have. Well,
0: I'm sure I know f- I
1: have movies that I like.
0: I'm sure you're a fan of uh, uh, Mel Brooks.
1: I am, but but I would not put that up there.
0: Okay, planes, trains,
1: and automobiles—that's oh. one of my favorites. Okay, uh, the Money Pit—are you familiar yes, with that movie? Tom Hanks and that's, Yes. Long? Yep. That's one of my favorites. The Naked Gun movies that oh. we just spoke yep. about, right? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop—you know, old old stuff.
0: Right. Eighties. Eighties.
1: Eighties movies. Yeah. Maybe that's the last time I think I went to see a movie in a the theater, and I think now. The theaters are disappearing, so I've lost my chance. But
0: yeah, they're still well. I've I saw here in town that there's uh, movie theaters are, are open up. But again, I don't know how many folks are really going or what the capacity is. Especially when I was traveling for work, and I think it was we were in Louisiana. I noticed that movie theaters were open there, and it was like, oh wow, I'm in losing. Louisiana. Yeah, it, even though
1: everyone had evacuated.
0: Well, you know, remember we're. In, our storms in Louisiana had made landfall. There certain parts that, you know, was okay. away from. So I made a few trips there. Yes. Um, so yeah, so, so mostly eighty eighties 80s kind of movies there. Sounds like it doesn't. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. So I know. Cause yeah, cause you're only oh, born animal in, house. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, you're only born in the seventies, right? <laughs> so you have a reference of, you know, some, whatever you say, Paul. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, so music so ah, you, i knew we would get there we'll get there yeah so you and i you know again we, we, we same we're, deal
1: by the way it's the same 80s, 90s and right previous
0: so i i was ex- i was waiting to hear in the intro there that you were getting ready to tell me that you know after after seeing the beatles on uh the ed sullivan show you want to be like everyone else to go be a musician and you know And so forth, but then you realize you couldn't play an instrument, and you said, "Wow, I'm gonna go be a meteorologist then." So something, maybe something Something like like something like that, right?
1: You know, I I, believe it or not, and I'm giving it away again. I fully understand, (laughs) but I did see the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Mm -hmm. Show on television. I was not in New York at the Ed Sullivan Show, okay, but I did see them on television when they appeared in the '60s. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: I was getting ready to see if I can sneak in there. Is like how old you were because then we definitely could do the math and work backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, did it? Did the uh, speaking of that is, I mean, um, again, we're not getting into how old you were at the time, but was that a uh, did the Beatles have a impact on you like a l- lot of the rest of the country, or is it just kind not of not at like- that time? Okay,
1: but but I typically am not one who can. Tell you, hey, what's your favorite? What's your top 10 list? But I can tell you that the Beatles are my favorite rock group. Okay. Okay. Now, it didn't happen in the 60s. It probably happened in the 70s.
0: Is that because the music they are putting out during the 70s? Or just did it take a little bit of time to kind of acquire? I had to mature. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. I mean, and I know a lot of people that don't like the Beatles or don't get that or why they're put up so high or because of some of their original stuff that they came out. But that was, that was the time.
1: I think their songwriting and musicianship were, well, I don't know. I'm sure there are other people that do just as good, but, but the collaboration there was excellent.
0: And I think even too is in, like you mentioned, the maturing is for, for the four of them in that group. The maturing of you know Paul and John, the writing, and then they get to the seventies, putting out some stuff that wh- was wh- very different from their stuff in the sixties. Sure, and but it gave them yeah. the ability to be very creative. Yeah, you know, and and shoot, I mean, they hard you know,
1: If I had to, I would say the White Album, as everybody mm, calls it. I mm, guess it's called really the Beatles, right? But the White Album is is my favorite favorite album. Um. What's next? Probably Sergeant Pepper's. Okay. And then it gets kind of Abbey Road, mm-hmm. Rubber Soul, you know, Revolver,
0: right? Yeah, it's it's definitely you know it doesn't exist today, and there's you know it's a you know a thing that shows so sign and of uh, people's age or just how they remember and or. The okay boomer uh sentiment is, yes, there was there was during those times. It's a different, it's so different. I know today, but you know we go back to, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this recently was the albums, right? You buy an album, you could spend your whole day sitting there just listening.
1: When's the last time you bought an album? Whew.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah, it a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. So um I, but just that that this take that all in and just listen right and um yeah. the album the album cover the lyrics the whole everything came with it again today it's now digital True. and it's short you know again we have shorter attention spans et cetera. but yeah,
1: yeah. Well, i have another question Yeah. so what do you think what is your opinion of richard starkey as a drummer
0: oh oh, excellent question wait I did, did you just did you just flip the script here now <laughs> T- Tim's hosting the drums and rums, the the drum and drum show you know the drums <laughs> drums and rums and drum show or something some, whatever whatever it is uh trademark that um you know here's the thing about ringo and I know it's a such a very hotly debated thing about Amongst drummers about Ringo is, and even to a point, George Harrison, you're you you're in this group, and again, they were the fab, they were the Fab Four, and but there was two very strong figures that were was really the face of the Beatles, you know, and most of the time the drummers just kind of sit, they just sit back in the background too. Right? So they're not out front. They're not the front man. They're not singing. But you know, some of the very most simplistic things about drumming and that's I think what Ringo always brought to that was just play the right parts that's needed. Again, a lot of people will disagree but you know, if you think, you listen to I think those people that really listen and know the music of the Beatles would and that maybe our drummers, maybe, in my opinion, see it that way. More Sometimes they say more is less. And like in drums, Tim, where you, by playing a rest, you are still, you know, you're still doing, you No, I get doing, what
1: you're you know, saying. Yeah, I you know,
0: do. I do. Keep it simple. Sometimes
1: right? it's best just to keep your mouth shut in weather, too. <laughs>
0: So yeah, I mean you've got these, you know, the whole, you know, the the melodies as you mentioned, the singing, the the all that aspect, and then you're going to throw some complex. Now again, there's once they got into the '70s, they got a little bit more kind of creative and and kind of reached like, out too. In the
1: town where I was oh, born. Oh yes.
0: Oh yeah. I mean that's so it, great. That's a great great segue into this. Where so early in the year again, you know, a lot of things are everyone had a whole different idea of what 2020 was going to be for them and one of them was I was was going to go see Ringo when he came down to uh Broward or Fort Lauderdale he was supposed to perform early midsummer or or early summer I think it was and uh with his all-star band and uh which I didn't know and my aunt you know I've got to have my aunt on because you know both of my, as I think I've told you, is both my you know, my family on both sides came over from Scotland. So very, you know, I'm brought up a lot of I the don't 60s. I see you in a guilt. All right, thanks. Uh, a lot, a lot of my family, uh, you know, again, I was brought up on a lot of that 60s, the Brit, you know, British invasion, the Brit pop stuff, and so forth. So again, very familiar with a lot of, especially the Beatles, right? My, you know, mom and you know my mom, dad, especially my mom is a huge Beatles fan. Um, sometimes she well, says thanks. that I was, I was, you know, I was named after Paul or, you know, but then she's like, ah, there's another Paul too. She less was, Paul? Uh, no, um, uh, Mrs. Paul. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, uh, the Beatles and we, I was going to see them cause I, I went, I went and saw Paul McCartney in 2017 down in Miami and that was a great show. And I think I've probably already talked about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to spend a little more money than I probably should. But then again, it's a Beatle, right? Saw so so him perform, put on a great show. Even at his age, he's still, you know, solid, a solid, at least a solid two hours. And there was no opener. So now, how do I, you know, again, as a drummer, you know, and I've heard a lot about the the all-star Ringo and his all-star band. And said, all right, well, why not? Let's go see, you know, his, him performance. And he's got a great cast of guys that are performing with him. And a lot of, a lot of guys that have been around for a long time that you, you know, if you don't really know music and some of the musicians, they're, they're performing. One of them being is, um, I'm going to probably screw this up, but Joe Walsh, Mm. because he's Ringo's like brother-in-law.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I think that is. I may have to look that up real quick, but um, I think it is, right? Joe Walsh, right? From the Eagles.
1: Yes, Joe Walsh was with the Eagles. Yes, so. But he's uh, Maserati does what, 184 or 185? I one, can't remember. 185.
0: 185, okay. Yeah, I'm going to look it up real quick, but um, but yeah, so I was going to go and uh, go and check out the show and it's like you know, hey, if I can see Ringo, that's that's two-fourths of the Beatles. Again, not all together, and again... The Beatles didn't right as you know did not perform yeah. extensively what people think about their longevity in comparison right. or as much as the material that they put yeah. out too. So um so I know so that was a long that was a long answer to your question there So, did that um that answer your question?
1: So Paul what do you think of Ringo as a drummer? With-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Next question. So now um Let's see here. Um, Let's see.
1: So, and speaking of the quote-unquote British invasion, I guess my second most favorite band would be the Stones.
0: Okay. So is it, like a lot of folks looked at the Stones as being, you know, again, when they both came out, the Beatles and the Stones came out and introduced to the U.S., one was a little bit more edgier, and then, again, one was a little bit more polished. Absolutely. But, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. Do you think the Stones could have, if there wasn't a Beatles, do you think the Stones could have re- reached the same type? Again, the Stones, don't get me wrong. The yeah, Stones I think they are. probably right.
1: did reach the same height. Yeah. I, you know, maybe not. But, but I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you think of Charlie Watson's from?
0: You know, again, I. I think, you know, that's probably what makes them very good. You know, I think you're 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 hitting on a good thing here. You know, Charlie just kept it simple. Again, you've got so uh, you know folks that are out front and with Mick and Keith that w- why try to make anything more flashier than it needs yeah. to be? So
1: right? you don't think he was ever saying, "I can't get no satisfaction." No,
0: no. Okay, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I am just trying to look up here. and still stalling time. Yeah, oh, okay, here it is. So Walsh married Marjorie Bach, sister of Barbara Bach. Catherine Bach. Bach right? And Barbara, Barbara Bach, Bach. You're right. and yeah, sister-in-law Barbara. of Ringo Starr. So, yes. So they are somewhat connected.
1: So. ah, uh, It just escaped me. I had a, a brain, you know what.
0: Yeah. Yes. Don Henley.
1: What do you think about him?
0: So I don't, you know, I don't probably know, um, as much of the Eagles, um, oh, that's or, right. Or,
1: you're not a country fan. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I know, I, you know, I know, I know a bit of the Eagles stuff, but probably not as intimate obviously as, um, Oh, sorry. Here, here. Um, well, you're asking me the question, so I can't actually do this <laughs> now. <laughs> All right. Um, but I don't know as much as the Eagles, uh, catalog probably compared to the Beatles or the Stones, um, but again, another one where to be able to perform, sing, and, and put all the and then again, become a frontman, right. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. I, or what I was thinking mm-hmm. is that I, I'm not sure about his drumming abilities. I really don't know, but I would think from in terms of a total package, he may be way up there. Songwriting capabilities, vocal capabilities, drumming capabilities, musical overall musical capabilities.
0: So and, and, and that's, that is, there's a huge trend about that too. So, I mean, again, I'm sure your next question would be about Phil Collins. What I thought about Phil Collins, right? I hadn't thought of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that I mentioned it, right. Yeah. So again, in Genesis, right. The drummer and it still pretty much was the drummer, but yet singer. And then and goes on to, uh, that's true. Know, so when they play live and so forth, yeah. they have, you know, um, still play, and He's, uh, he's been up there and, uh, so there's actually a lot, and did you did you actually know that? Um, uh, quite a few other, and I might get one of these mixed up, but so Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith mm-hmm. started out also playing drums.
1: I did not know that.
0: And Alice, but Coon. his lips got in the way. <laughs> Right, the american the American version of the stones right um <laughs> I'm trying to think if um Alice Cooper also at one point, but there's actually quite a few quite a few that went on to become front men
1: you know I have a good friend who's a big Alice Cooper fan oh okay, yeah it's a, i said why what <laughs> he actually goes and see him still he performs apparently. Mm-hmm. goes to see him
0: he still is out there yeah. and uh I, um there was a a book that I got for a couple of Christmases ago. It was like an Alice Cooper I don't know if it was a probably i guess autobiography call it and it was and it was a very easy read be- was it a thick book no no okay. I don't think it was i don't think no I don't believe so, but it was a it was an interesting the way he the book was written where every chapter every other chapter switched between like his rock persona story. And then the next chapter was talking about some of his his golf stories because, as you know, he's become a, a massive golf golfer. I did not know that. Oh, okay, okay. So he took up golf, and obviously, part of being able to travel, he became and you know he was you know huge into you know I think his big vice was alcohol, hmm. and um, and I think you know it was one of those that had you know intervention and kind of folks helped him out, and so. So, obviously, he's probably never going to come on to this podcast. Um, but, you know, he took, he he moved that, I don't know if you want to call it, well, I mean, I know alcoholism is an addiction. Um, but, you know, took that and funneled it into golf. And it's be, become so consumed, became you know, major, you know, reckon people know that he's, you know, most, like John most people, Daly. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he had another other things to but uh Alice Cooper's approach is that to he does his whole flamboyant show and, and all that. He does the same thing when he golfs. He's wearing all these loud colors and patterns that again, it's like you can kinda of get into people's heads, you know, just by being there not saying anything, you know. So um but yeah, it's an interesting book if you ever wanted to um yeah. if you want to read it, I'll give it, it to you. Yeah. So like I said, it's a golf it's a golf and how he started off uh in growing up and got into music and, and all that back in the I guess sixties, right? For mm-hmm. for that time frame and a lot of that uh glam rock that came out in the back in the seventies. Wow. So there's one actually just recently told me about which I think I've heard the name before, just never kind of uh looked look further into it was uh Buddy Miles.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I listened to Buddy Miles back in the seventies. Uh, very good them changes
0: yeah <laughs> so and then listening to then that, i think when you mentioned him uh, a little while ago was i went and looked up and then there was a whole uh release with him and car playing with Carlos santana which mm-hmm. i'm sure it was them it was one of those long super jam yeah. you know i think the last track on that re- release was like a 15 minute uh track or something yeah. like that and, and i just, think
1: when we were discussing this before, too, and I, when you say 15-minute song, I have to bring up In Agata de Vita.
0: <laughs> Yes, that's the, uh, the, the 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 best song. It was probably invented by, actually, radio DJs, for, really, because they them <laughs> take a break or go out for smoke or bathroom or something like that. But, yes. But I think I told you this. The song was supposedly, I don't know, and uh, I don't think I saw this on, you know, I read it on the internet, was... The song was supposed to be called, well, actually I guess the line of the song is in the garden, in the even right yeah. and and they just mm-hmm. kind of mashed it up and called in Inagata de so yes, yeah, so for those of you uh check out the iron butterfly uh song "Inagata de takes Takes yeah. up
1: one whole side of the album
0: and right, yes, yeah, so it's one song that's it, you just just release one song and that's it. you can take up the whole uh you know the whole track for thirty minutes it's two sides, so um yeah, no, but um.
1: All right, I'll be honest. I don't know much about them, but I really like their music, Grand Funk
0: Railroad. Okay, and actually, some of them actually live here in South Florida. Don Brewer, I did not
1: know that. Yes,
0: Don Brewer. I think the same. I think the right name, Don. Uh, and, and I know no, no, know who they are, you know. And uh, but yeah, I think he lives here in, in Treasure Coast actually, and just wow. in the uh, yeah, in the South Florida, close to the South Florida. area. So for those again, those that are not familiar. With what I'm referencing it's you know, the southern part, south southeastern part of uh, Florida. So yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: and then the other bands like the Marshall Tucker Band, yeah, yeah, the Almond Brothers Band. Yeah. haven't heard of them? Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. There, there's, there's quite quite a plethora of southern rock. Uh-huh. Um, and again, a lot of those, a lot of those kind of bands were had two drummers.
1: Now, I didn't know that either. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, a lot of times, and that's always. Um, I think what I find fascinating is, you know, whether you're live or even maybe back when these bands were were big, was, you know, I don't know if this, you know, maybe somebody can correct me or educate me, is um the importance of being very much on time because if you're both drumming, and if you're playing exactly the same thing you know, as opposed to like a percussionist that you know a drummer's playing the, the drum set, and a percussionist is overlaying different style you know different sounds than the drum set Mm -hmm. that they're maybe you know a little bit kind of not lined up but kind of sprinkled over it but if you've got two drum drummers on a drum kit you've got to be you better be you better be on time right yeah so i don't know you know back then if there was click tracks and then if you're familiar with a click track so a click track is just you know it's a, a sound in your headphones you know, huh. you know, one, you know, just making a noise like one, two, three, oh. four and a certain tempo.
1: Maybe I need that since I don't have rhythm.
0: That's it. That's good. You can go back to now doing the Christmas uh, show now. And if you had <laughs> a click track, another go, shot. Right? one, two, three, four. <laughs> four, one, two, three, four. Anyway, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of drummers and, uh, so who is, um, you said you saw the Beatles uh, live on uh, or on TV during Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan, yes. So, um, did you TiVo it or did you watch it live? TiVo, yeah. Sixties. <laughs> oh, there wasn't DVR back then. Oh uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. So we were lucky
1: to get black and white TV.
0: <laughs> so, uh, what you know? What are some of the the have, have you did you know over over your you know? I don't want to say career. That's not the right word. But you know, you know, oh, you know well, well, I do have a career. Yeah, oh, that's I true. Think. But what did you? What would you? Uh, some of the you know per, live performances that you've seen, that you've gone to see music. You know, have you had it? Have you? Have I haven't you, you?
1: really gone to that many live performances. I'll be honest with you. Because
0: you just don't like being around people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he didn't say no. So yeah,
1: thanks, Paul. <laughs> no, that's that, that's not it. I I don't know how I want to describe it, but to me the live performances usually didn't seem to live up to the recorded music now i've seen some live performances that to me and maybe it's my ears that sounded more like noise although i really liked the band and i can't think of We're
0: that talking name. the same same time frame we have been roughly talking about 1670s uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Frame. but uh, the who no Hard rock, um, hard rock we can turn this into a a game name that band
1: from texas ZZ Top long beard that's it there you go see i saw them live okay and uh before they had beards I, and i love them oh yeah a long time <laughs> before they had those those very long beards and i love the band love <laughs> right. the music but it just seemed like noise to me
0: hmm and you know that's that's in you definitely hit on a great point is it's it really stinks is it can be very challenging is going to see a live performance after listening to a very well produced and an excellent quality and so forth in a studio gonna pay your money and whatever it is when it was again i know uh, yeah, and in, I understand inflation. the
1: the venue has a lot to do with that too. The acoustics in the venue,
0: right? And your sound, right? The sound mix could be really bad. And again, yeah. the band could be off, and or could be there's could be many reasons. And that's that's kind of becomes right a, a real bummer part is that you go to see a band perform or mus, you know some type of musical act, and uh, it doesn't live up to live up to really what you're expecting yeah. too. So that,
1: that's been my experience. I mean, I saw Deep Purple. Mm. Live and uh, same
0: same experience. I don't remember. Oh. must have been a good show.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so there, yeah, there's another interesting band there. Yeah, yeah Deep Purple. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I, I have another question. Hopefully, you can answer because I haven't bothered to investigate to find out the answer. But you said you saw Paul McCartney live. That's correct. Now I don't know whether this is the drummer that was still with them or then, but they. Some of the video I've seen when with with McCartney, he, he has a black drummer that plays for him, that I thought was just excellent. But I I don't know who it is.
0: So um, big guy, Ball yes. yes, yes, Abe. Abe mm, I'm gonna butcher his last name, Abe <laughs> Laborel. What's um, his background? Uh, and, and Abe, I don't. To be honest, I know who he is. I know he plays for Paul McCartney. Um, but I I don't okay. really know his background. Um. I guess that'll be my uh, my homework, uh, but yeah, I, I know I know who you're talking about, and yeah, he, and he I think he's been playing for Paul for a long okay. time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but he was he played with um, he played at that right the show that I went to. Yep. Yeah. So and and I you know coincidentally, and I probably will stump you with this because I think actually it was I stumped my mom when Again, she saw Paul McCartney. Um, I think this, the the year prior, during the summer in um, in New Jersey, with also the same time she was uh, went back up to visit family. Was I think she saw Springsteen, Paul McCartney, and Barbra Streisand like in a period of a couple months during the summer in probably twenty sixteen, maybe. So she finally got to see Paul McCartney after many years and uh, raved about it and so forth. So I think a lot of that from what she'd brought up. And uh, so obviously he was playing in Miami in 2017. went. went. Now, he played a song called um, Temporary Secretary. I'm
1: not familiar with
0: that. Yeah. I don't think I am anyway. And it was kind of an eighty. it was during the 80s. Okay. And it was like kind of a little. Techno, you know, kind of like synthesized a little bit, and uh, I'll I'll play it to you after after we're done <laughs> here. But yeah, she I was like, well, I've never heard that song. That was kind of interesting. And uh, and my mom said, no, I i'm she wasn't familiar with that song. You know, again, right? McCartney's catalog is not just <laughs> the Beatles, but it's everything else he's done. The Wings and. And his solos, Uh, you know, huge, you know, yeah. So, I mean, again, you go from one group to this group, you know, and again, the the commonality is Paul McCartney, right? And super, super awesome guy. Uh, Never met him. But again, everyone who's talked about him or any of his interviews. So, yeah, they, they, he'd done that, they done that show. And again, it was something that they pulled off, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that they they probably don't normally perform that and probably surprise a lot of people.
1: Now, this drummer I asked you about, you said his name, first name is Abe? Yeah. He didn't play with, he wasn't drumming for the Wings, was he? He didn't drum for Wings, I don't think. No, no I don't think
0: so. No, no, he's, you know, he's, yeah, I, I don't think he's, I don't want to say that he's like he's my age, you know, but he's definitely not like, you know, Paul McCartney's age for sure. Yeah. So, um, no, yeah, Abe's, I've known about and it's kind of the same thing as like, uh, you watch, if you watch, um, the Tonight Show and Jimmy Fallon, like Questlove, you know the Roots, you know they are again they've been around forever, and you know they become their thi- you know their own thing. I mean they have they have their own. They were they were they were something even before the Tonight Show. So, um, yeah, a lot of drummers out there that are you know gigging drummers, professional, you know filling in. It's A lot of session drummers. A lot of my past guests have been a lot of session drummers that they are this is their profession to do that
1: so why do bands use session
0: drummers because they are yeah how to, how to, <laughs> how do I come off and, and and kind of not not sound you know maybe you know bad for one and you know good for the other but um one is i'm i've answering this from a non session drummer so i'm not a session drummer so let's disclaim there um, two is i I actually have not recorded anything um but what I would imagine is you know session drummers are they they are super tight they are super can read music they they understand they are very much can hit it on you know you know
1: so they're better drummers maybe but not as good as show or put a, Put on the up front.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that, okay. and there and there's actually quite a, quite a lot of times is uh, on a on a, a band album that a dr- another drummer may come in. Again, there's usually if your own band's drummer can't do the job, and you don't want to you know get rid of that drummer or whatever, then it has that has happened a, quite a so lot.
1: So do they use session guitarists and?
0: Yeah, there's many times that they may bring in uh, uh, session guys. You know, um, uh, I know they have guests. Yeah, right, right. Um, But if there's certain parts they just can't play, um, and there was a story, somebody was telling me a story about a an '80s hair metal band that you know they had the right look and style, and they just couldn't really play their instruments, or or when they went to the studio and they had to produce a product, and hired guns came in. And did the work, and then go tour, and you'll again to your point, right? You go live, see a live performance of, it, and say, that don't sound anything like what I just heard, or, or it's nowhere, or somewhere, or right, exactly it's the same. Uh, so yeah, there's there's stu- session musicians ah, okay. come in. All right. So I mean, you like a band that you you're, you're, you're yeah. probably very familiar with is like uh, Toto. Yeah. So a lot of stu- a lot of session guys, and um, there's a, a song. I'm gonna to totally forget what it is. Um but they were writing a lot of with uh on songs with um uh what's the guy uh that, that wrote a lot I worked with a lot of Michael Jackson stuff.
1: You got me there. Okay.
0: Um yeah, I'm drawing a blank again. Um I'll just go up and blame it on the rum.
1: What are we drinking, by
0: the way? We are drinking Florida decana. Cana. Uh, this is an eight year uh rum, aged rum, and uh this is from Nicaragua. So we were drinking it. I wonder around. how they
1: survived the um,
0: yeah dual hurricanes. There. Yeah, and and that's uh, yeah sw- segueing out. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a I know it's unfortunate for those folks and to get you know talk about a double a double hit within. Prox- I mean a couple weeks. Yeah. And you know what's the odds of what's the odds on? I haven't having, computed it, but having you know this hurricane season you know having landfalls within the same general vicinity happen I think twice 20 miles i believe right yeah. so not only in central america but then also in the us in yeah louisiana louisiana right yeah. and almost three times yeah. you know but
1: all right let's right. get back to the but anyway.
0: so yeah so toto um so they wrote they wrote a good bit of uh uh stuff for michael jackson for the thriller album so mm. they actually have a track that actually got picked up that they were working on and I, f- I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, the producer for uh, for you know during Michael Jackson stuff, um, picked it up and they they yeah. made the song and they used the song and then again here their version to the Michael Jackson version is totally different, you know. Again, you know a little bit yeah. more synthesized, popped, and all that. So, but yeah, those guys, you know, Jeff Porcaro okay. is the drummer for okay. Toto. Wow. Everyone everyone knows Jeff Porcaro and his shuffle, you know, Rosanna and. In Africa and that whole, you know, whole yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: Maybe I need a session meteorologist.
0: There you go. Mm. You just have somebody stand in and do all yeah. the hard work and you just come in and, yeah. you know, it's all for show. Yeah. All makes right. makes you look good. You know. Who, now, who can bridge. make you, how can, who can, who can make you look any better than what you can do? Right, Tim? Plastic surgery. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I, uh, another Pink Floyd,
0: one of my favorites. Mm. And again, Pink Floyd for me is, I know, I'm fairly, you know, I'm, no, no of them, no, quite a few of the songs, just never dove further down into, really? you know, a lot of okay. the Pink Floyd stuff, you know. So again, no, I couldn't use
1: it. away, the moments that make
0: up a doe. <laughs> I know I may lose some, you know, fans or listeners over that, but again, I'm just, just being honest here. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of music that, you know, there's so much music, right, to, to be really delving further into. I know with the internet now, yeah, you can look up a lot of stuff, but you know, um shoot, I'm even forgetting his name now. Water Waters. I uh, see. i i no, uh,
1: I had it until you said yeah, that. See?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so see how ter- ter- terrible Gilmore, I am. Gilmore, right? Yes, Gilmore, yes. So so see how terrible I am on that. Mm-hmm. You know, but so yeah, so a lot of a lot of Brit are so um so, you haven't really gone and performed. So, I guess, what, what, how often, how often do, or do you still buy music or no, listen to new music?
1: No, I just listen to podcasts.
0: Oh, okay. Do you have any particular podcasts that you listen to? Oh,
1: you really don't want to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, then. You really <laughs> don't. It's mainly talk radio
1: podcasts. <laughs>
0: um, so, the. And, of course,
1: Drums and rums.
0: Oh, yes. That is a great podcast. I listened to that well as well. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Drums and rums. That's an excellent one. I, I hear they're up for an award. I'm not sure. What I just award? heard it. that's interesting. I'm not quite sure, but okay. I'm just making it up. Um but yeah, the I've I've read somewhere quite a while back that people's music encapsulation of where they they stay happens. Um once you know once they uh, once they get older than you know, they early careful. to mid twenties. Be very careful. They're earlier to mid twenties. Then they kind of stop listening to new music. They kind of stay hold.
1: Back in the early two thousands,
0: you a big kid rock guy or Limbiscuit?
1: I, I I switched, <laughs> and to country, Ooh. because in my opinion, at that time country more embodied the kind of rock that I was used to than the current rock did
0: there. Yeah. There's a lot to say about how much, you know, again, whether it's purists and certain genres of music to this new kind of creativity that is like a lot of them tell you is they're very influenced on a lot of those things. A lot of the country guys were very influenced on Southern rock so yes. rock styles, but yet still a country. So where is it? And
1: I became a big Toby Keith fan, by
0: the way. Okay. And so and did you know that uh not Toby Keith, but Alan Jackson lives here. I did not know that either. He actually shot his video for five o'clock somewhere here at the Square Grouper here in Jupiter, Florida. Wow. The world famous. Okay. So the all those scenes from the video. Yeah. It was done quite a few years ago. It's changed a little bit, but okay. that's that's here.
1: When I switched to country, it was Toby Keith, Kenny Chesney, and Brooks and Dunn were my favorites. Okay. I think Ronnie Dunn has the strongest voice, one of the strongest voices I've ever heard.
0: So, is there, so were you a big Garth fan then?
1: No. Really? No. Yeah.
0: And he was influenced a lot by that same thing, yeah. though, as, you know, maybe... You know, well, he's talked a lot about being influenced by, you know, Kiss and 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 other hard rock, and then, mm-hmm. again, not being a country fan, I I I wouldn't say like I'm seeking out country. I, to your point, I've matured a little bit. I've taken in and taken, you know, again, performing and playing songs and learning new things. You kind of open yourself up to to new genres or types that you may not have, and I I find you know, I saw a performance that he had done at Yankee Stadium, mm. like what maybe ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, what a showman, what yeah. a show. Yeah. You know, again, that that's what you. You're, it's a performance, mm-hmm. right? And you could be the best musicians in the world, but if you just stand there looking at your down at your feet, <laughs> looking your, at what your feet. Okay, yes. Um, Getting to the you, point where I can't see my feet anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have to get a weather report from somebody else down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there's. But then I went to as we've talked, and I know I've talked in endless on on the podcast about going to Nashville and really taking in some of that too, and and you know meeting uh-huh. the drummer from uh, Rascal Flats. You know, oh, that reminds me, of Nashville,
1: yeah. I don't know, Big and Rich. I like Big and Rich. Okay, too. yeah,
0: yeah. So there there's, you know, there's a different style, and again, there's, um, uh, they, they, could, oh, who, who is it? Uh not Kenny Chesney. Um who's the other guy that's in the uh, commercials with uh, Peyton Manning. I'm drawing a blank. Oh.
1: Um Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, right. I, so, I've seen the commercial but I can't
0: remember. So yeah. Um he was in a uh, a video I saw that with a couple of hard rock, heavy metal guitars and they did like the uh a cover of the game of thrones hmm. song the intro or, or whatever and he again the person we can't name right now cuz we forgot I our name he's you know look it up he he yeah he uh he's a, he's what was a really you know really good guitar player and again you wouldn't think much some of these guys are country guys would be shredders okay
1: i know it's not this guy but i uh you you brought to mind another one that i really like keith urban speaking of good good guitar players
0: yeah and and see again uh, for me and you know um i don't have a frame of reference on a lot of the stuff so but yeah but so do you you still listen to a lot of those i don't listen to a lot i do Do listen to some of their newer stuff or
1: i haven't i'll be honest i haven't it's mainly talk radio podcasts now for
0: me so let's see and drums
1: and rums of course in case you haven't figured it out i get ten dollars every time i mention drums and rums
0: yes so you come on the podcast and you'll get paid just to talk and to promote <laughs> the show on my show <laughs> brad paisley ah <laughs> uh, yes yes yeah yes. Yes. so for some reason I'm drawing a blank but yeah he he, he's you know real so yeah, there's there's a lot of musicians that are again. I think you know, you know, in talking to you know a previous guest was you got to kind of you know if you want to stay full time and active and getting the gigs and so forth, you you got to have got to have no bounds as far as your style of music and True. type of music because you can limit it yourself. Changes. It changes, right? And you can very much limit yourself too. So, but yeah, now that's uh. Um. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it makes sense. I mean, so all the time living in North Carolina just never kind of country never kind of piqued your interest. In... No, it didn't. Huh.
1: Well, country, country was different then. Country then was Conway Twitty, right.
0: Lynn. like what most people consider or, or have a frame of reference yeah. of country. Porter Wagner,
1: right? Dolly Parton, yeah.
0: right? Charlie Pride just recently. Charlie Pride, you're right. He died. Yeah, just, just yeah. So, um. Yeah, there's there's such a history, and I think, um, again, to country and again all 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 forms of music, and I, I think that's what I find uh, I find myself in just enjoying some of that the the knowledge and how things are the historical things and in and to tell the story from how to how to some again ever whether you like like the Beatles or not everyone you know the music you listen How can you not. And, and you know, any, any one music or any type of music that a person listens to today, there is DNA that the Beatles were involved in currently. That's just hands down. You know, again, maybe some would say, well, back in the 60s, there wasn't a whole lot of, and it was TV, maybe, you know, kind of like they say about JFK, the median sure. was the TV that kind of blew up for a lot of things. But again, to your point, right, the the songwriting, the melodies and all that, you know, that goes into all those things. And um yeah, and I that's just something that just comes folks, you just gotta kind of you know kind of kind of very open eyes on it. So but Yeah. Interesting. So
1: let's see. What what groups are left that we that I may have an interest in that we haven't discussed? I'm trying to so, to
0: think, but. so yeah you said you kind of i mentioned threw throughout there about the who when you were trying to guess another group but um yeah i, I yeah. did
1: i remember buying a who album okay let's
0: let Ze- led zeppelin so where, where are you on led zeppelin
1: i like the stairway to heaven not a huge led zeppelin fan hmm. but i do i do like some of their music okay um Ah, oh, there's just some other some other group I'm trying to think of that uh well, this is not the way it comes to mind, but it's not Poco harem, but it's not the not the one I was trying to think of okay sticks, I like sticks, okay,
0: yeah, so another another great full full round band, a lot of songs catchy. I, and it's funny, they, they kind of just sparked the thought or, or memory there was just thinking about that band. There's a lot of great hits, a lot of you know people that our age or roughly in our age you know, range. Oh, now uh, I'm in your age group. Yes, All yes, right. you're thank our, you are. I have gray hair, so we have something in common. Uh,
1: <laughs> we have hair. That's yes, in common. Yes, that's
0: true, yeah. Well, thank, thank God I'll at least have some left. Um, but there's um, a show, again, for those that you have direct TV. They were doing this concert series where it was live performances that were taped. I don't know if it was taped specifically for DirecTV or or Axis. I think is the the name of the channel. And they had a whole run. It was like a Friday night at eight o'clock. It was, you know, Foreigner, Boston. Yes, yeah. You know, the cars. Uh, the cars. The they, police. Oh yeah, well yeah, they're, well yeah. I, especially the police, you know. Everyone's they're 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 as funny as like the police, you know. They're up there and they have this this mythical this group that kind of you know were together for you know for a period of time and then they kind of walked away and then Sting became his own thing. And I did see Sting live. Okay, so what was in you, North Carolina? So what was your uh, did you I have the same remember. experience? Oh wow, man, this must be. We're gonna have to. We'll have to talk to somebody else who can corroborate some of these I don't remember stories, you know. Unless, unless, are you, are you, you've got the down pat when you're in front of the Supreme Court, you know, and say, I don't remember.
1: Well, I don't remember. <laughs>
0: so there, um, but yeah, there's a lot of those bands that you're like, damn, they just had those, these hits one after the other. And uh, so is it some of it Call is. The notes. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: do you recall on, oh, I've forgotten which kiss The kiss, the kiss on your lips? No. <laughs> Good, <laughs> I forgotten which network it was on, but maybe three four years ago, Daryl's house, yeah, I knew it was I knew watched that oh that lot. was a great show. I think yeah.
0: it's back on really? I think it's I think they've started back up um, and I think his uh this this house or wherever they film this is in upstate These new in, yeah. upstate New York, yeah, yeah, I think so, and uh I was up there. For for a, you were there I, no i was not there i was i was in the upstate new york 3 years ago uh traveling we'll just you know, we'll just call it that and somebody said oh yeah well it's only like 2 hours where you're at it's only like 2 hours away and i was like well that's kind of cool so but that concept of that show mm-hmm. is just awesome and yeah. i know i know sammy hager does a similar show now where he travels
1: Well, wasn't he on one of those episodes he may have been on one I of the episodes so. yeah
0: and uh, but, yeah, Daryl Hall and any right, the musician himself, he's yeah. great, you know where you know it's unfortunate right where where haven't they come back around too, right, a lot of those a lot of those eighties uh bands the um but yeah, those they are just so is it some of those songs that were big in the seventies, you know again, were they just really that good, were they really just a product of? You know the big controversy of Paola and the radio stations. You know, playing, you know, paying DJs to play songs or promoting and pushing more and whatever you case may be. So, it thus becomes part of the people's conscious. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know, you know either. I thought they were good. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, but again, it's just yeah. When you've just got one hit, and you're not a one hit wonder, but yeah. many hit too.
1: Like I really, really thought, and this is the '90s, I guess, but I really thought Billy Ray Cyrus was just a one hit number wonder, but. I guess he he survived a lot longer than I ever thought he well,
0: would. Well, I, I mean, he kind of right. I he really well again, not being a country fan, breaking heart. And I thought
1: was it. He'll be never never heard from again.
0: But I mean, he's kind of kept enough around that he's reinvented himself. And and here's here's an interesting one. And I don't, don't know if you or uh, know of this song, but you may have heard it. Is um, Old Town Road. It so, sounds familiar. Yep. So it's a remake um, by uh, rapper Little Nas, and um me. But okay. okay. But so yeah. Again, I'll play it for you afterwards because I can't play it on we're the show. We're gonna be here a long time. We all. can't. Yeah, well, we're already at you know an hour and a half. Um, wow. But yeah, I'll play it afterwards because you know I'm, I don't have permissions to play anyone's music. Um, but yeah, but listening to so where, where I'm going with it is so. The kid grew up, um, and it's like a country kind of style theme song in the in the video that goes with it. And Billy Ray Cyrus was like an influence, um, and he was growing up and saw Billy Ray Cyrus and knew of him from apparently from the Hannah Montana show. Mm. Right. Okay. And again, reinventing himself. Sure. Right. So again, he stayed around enough that you know his daughter was in the show. Right. And um, he, you know, how
1: many times did Madonna reinvent herself? Oh, that's another
0: story. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think at the end of the day, it's you know maybe (laughs) maybe the exception of maybe ZZ Top. You know, yeah, you don't have to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. But no, I take that back. You listen to ZZ Top their original older stuff, Mm -hmm. and then you listen to their stuff in the eighties. And then even, you know, some of their stuff now, I mean, the 80s stuff, you know, I go back and listen to them, I'm like again, a kid growing up and listening to them, the videos are huge. Yeah. What was, was
1: well, the album? I, I, I got Eliminator.
0: Trey Sombris, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's stuff like I heard on, on the radio, I never heard this song before. Again, it's some of those kind of seen at the surface, but never, I guess because of as much as everyone rails against digital music now, or especially streaming, I know artists kind of getting the the short end of making any Except money. Young. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're making $200 million <laughs> cash in or whatever it was. Um, But there was a uh, Party on the Rooftop by ZZ Top. Okay. Um, Again, it was like, and it may have been on one of their early, very early ones. Uh, of course, never got me a whole lot, but I'm like, well, damn, some of these ones that are like, like I'm listening on satellite radio, the deep cuts that are out there. So, um, but yeah, back to the Little Nas. Anyway, so he had saw... He had saw, you know, again. Supposedly the story was Billy Ray did and want to do this, and then he sampled Little Nas. had sampled a uh, from Nine Inch Nails. So you, you've heard of Nine Inch Nails? I have heard. Okay. So Nine Inch Nails, a sample from a Nine Inch Nails song, which is actually the underline of this part in the song, and then it's again, you take it all these, all these things. So it's kind of interesting. Like here, you know, and then you know, uh, Little Nas, you know influence or however it's produced was a industrial, you know, rock, you know, artist. Yeah. Influenced or inspired by a country artist. And then here, you know, with around and again, there was a lot of controversy when that came out as far as was it, was it considered country or not? And mm-hmm. you know, anyway, so, but we're not going to go there, but yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you kind of touched on it here just a moment, I think was, uh, audio quality. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get the impression and me included. I'm not that. Audio quality is not that important to me anymore. It was in the early two thousands. It was very important. Mm. I was into DVD audio. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that and, and and lossless uh, type tracks. And uh, I, I had, you know, surround sound and, and everything that uh, that I tried to get the best audio possible. Right. Uh, and, and like I said, DVD audio was, ah, I forgot what it was, but it was, you know, much better than CD quality. And,
0: the, well, you're know, back to talk about the uh, last time bought an album. I mean, that's, they've yeah. come back around now. Yeah, I know. Right. And a lot of people, the purists had always said, the audio files yeah, that says right. album's vinyl is... The quality on a vinyl compared to
1: so what I understand is the richness of mm. the sound that that audio more files. warm, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, than the harsh audio. But I right. mean, I was into uh, you know rather than what is it forty eight kilohertz for for CD was ninety six for DVD audio and it had all discrete channels and it was it was. I don't know. It never, obviously the format never survived.
0: Man, you should actually be my sound engineer for, for the show. (laughs) That's pretty good there. I don't even know what the hell you were talking about, but sounded good. (laughs) Uh, It comes from science. Oh, oh, science again, sound waves and things like that. Sure. sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Tim, I know, I know we definitely could, we, we could sit here all all night until the rum is gone and uh talk a whole lot more about that. <laughs> a whole more about music and, and so forth and uh um i definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast today um it was great to learn some things about meteorology and how things are you know interrelated uh to then again you know Music, right? And again, yeah. that's what brings us together. And again, that's what we said. We've, you and I, chat a little bit about some music, and um I think our our genres kind of cross a little bit. I think you're surprised sometimes when you throw me one, and then you're surprised that I'm.
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't figured it out why, other than the fact that I know I have no rhythm. Is that music is largely math, and uh, I I can't seem to join my math expertise with the music part so <laughs> but this is this has been fun and i i appreciate you having me on and, and hopefully maybe we can do it again sometime
0: yeah no for sure so like i said we'll try to we'll tentatively pencil you in for may june uh with audience questions yes for our participation questions there so We'll, you know, maybe we'll have a live studio audience and uh, and so forth. But well, the COVID uh, would have to be yeah. over by then. Yes, that's right. So that's that's for sure. We'll have to uh, keep everybody behind the salad sneeze guards. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good point. Is and um, yeah, that, I think that'd be pretty fun because I think the interactive part and folks asking sure. questions. So I don't have to do all the work. Uh will definitely be as much less less work as possible. This Is fine with me. That means you can drink me more too. rum, and. But yeah, no, you definitely, uh, have an open invitation to come on back in, uh, 2021 and, um, we'll definitely see where things go, especially with COVID as far as me, you know, more, more than I know we're, we're sitting our six feet apart here at the other end of the table here. So ish. And, uh, but no, I, I'm glad to have you on the show. And like I said, and kind of talk some music, talk some, um, weather and, uh, you know, I guess I'd consider you a good friend. So thank you. Thank you for coming on, Tim. Oh, uh,
1: Thank you. We'll close the podcast and have another rum. That's right. And use the facilities.
0: That's right. So again, thanks all for listening to the drums and rums podcast. And again, we'll post some things up here about maybe weather related topics and Wikipedia questions or, or whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, and we'll have a quiz later when I ask you about what the MGAO is. QLCS. And then maybe we can give prizes away for something like that. But um, again, thanks for listening. This is where the backbeats meets the spirits. Thanks all. If you like what we're doing here at Drums and Rums, we have a Patreon link to help with setting up interviews and creating content that you find entertaining and interesting. Also, if you'd like to sponsor, advertise on the podcast, or if you want to come on as a guest to promote something related to the show, email me at info at drumsandrums.com. Lastly, please leave a rating or review over on iTunes or on your favorite podcast location to let me know you like the podcast and it also lets others know it's a podcast that they should listen to. Thanks again for her listening. Where the backbeats meets the spirits.